back to the last choice TV reviews. The the ranked last choice TV reviews for the yeah. first time ever. Yeah, we 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 uh we cracked the top in- 300 of uh iTunes. So uh not, not not sure what we have on Spotify. I don't know what that looks like or how to even tell, but uh, thank you for everybody that's listening and downloading the podcast um, or streaming the podcast because it's obviously someone out there is listening to the point to where we're uh, actually getting ranked on the iTunes list. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and continue to leave comments and, and rates that helps uh, rankings as well. So if you are watching, don't forget to leave a comment or rank the show. Um, so here at the Last Choice TV Reviews, we are taking a look at House of the Dragon. And this episode is episode four, named King of the Narrow Sea. James, I'm just going to go, we're just going to kind of start with the overall thoughts and feelings on, on this episode. This, uh, um, I um, thought it was a crazy episode, but I actually, I really liked it. Uh, I think it set a tone and I think it changed some of our characters. We see some issues kind of get wrapped up. Uh, some people we didn't like, some people that we liked. Uh, you see a little bit of resolution. What, what I thought was interesting, there's a lot of things that the first three episodes dangle in front of you where a lot of TV shows, and we'll get into it as we get through the episode and, and I'll bring them up, but a lot of TV shows will kind of dangle that fruit or that idea in front of the audience and drag it out for two or three seasons. And they didn't do that. Like a lot of things that have been dangled for three episodes happen in this episode, in my opinion. Yeah, it was an overall interesting episode. I, I, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. You know, I watched it last night and I'm still not a hundred percent sure. This is one of those ones where I definitely need to go back and watch it again because I feel like I probably missed something or missed some kind of banter that that I needed to to hear um, to try to understand it. I think um, the coming of age story from these characters and these these girls that we were watching in the beginning are, are they, they they went and made a case for they are no longer girls. They are women. And we are going to accept the ways of the land here that we kind of got in Game of Thrones uh, with the uh, keeping of family lines together and things like that to where we're just kind of supposed to just kind of throw that away and accept it for what it is, which I think is uh, sometimes difficult. But here you kind of have to throw away your personal morals. personal morals or, or preconception <laughs> to what is right in your mind and accept it for, you know, this is the time period. This is the show. This is how they've, they've done exactly. things uh, for this. So with that being said, I, I, I overall understood why we had this episode, but I don't think it's been the strongest uh, ep- episode as a whole until we probably get to later episodes. I don't think this is going to stand out like right now with four episodes as like, oh, this is the one that was amazing, but this is going to be the one I agree with you there. That's going to set the theme for later episodes to come. Yeah. Um, so it's that it's that 
theme setting and kind of character plot line finish. Like, here's where we're at. This is who they are. We assume something about them, and now we have confirmed that assumption, and it's time to Correct. move forward in the story. Um, and considering moving forward in the story, uh, I don't think we got a terrible time jump here. I think we went ahead, uh, what, a couple of months? Yeah, that. it wasn't like a massive jump like it had been doing. No, so I think I think it was like th- like four or five months that, that you get this jump here. And um, I'll explain kind of as we get into the scenes, like why I feel it was probably four or five months, but it could have been less than that. Uh, there, there was no significant feel to to the time jump here as we have gotten in, you know, the last episode where a baby was born and he was three or two years old or three years old at the second name yeah. day. So two years old, all of a sudden. Um, so we start out this episode uh, again, title scene. I'm not going to go analyze it. There's other people out there that are better at analyzing title scenes than me. So please go watch their videos on that. But it's still super cool. Uh, you know, I still love the scene and, and at least we had one um, this episode. But it, it doesn't seem to be morphing the way that the Game of Thrones ones were. It seems to be pretty static and I could be completely wrong there. Well, you got to remember at the beginning of Game of Thrones, they were pretty static. But towards the end, as they were wrapping it up, we were used to it changing every week. That's that's true. Um, so we start with. Uh, Princess Rhaenyra sitting in some like, I don't know where. Do you know where they are I think this here? Is, this must be Dragonstone. I Dragonstone. Do you think they're at Dragonstone? Because that's okay. where she goes, right? To that prepare. is her like place. So, so I guess I would imagine I would imagine it's right. OK, yeah, I couldn't really tell. But uh, she's here basically taking on suitors that are trying to woo her in this professional capacity that they do things here. I don't really know this how to courtship, explain it. Courtship. Yeah, that her uh, obviously the king had set up so yeah. all these different knights and different families and houses are coming to basically give her the reason of why she should pick them to be there to be, you know? Yeah. And in, and in true Renea fashion, and it's interesting. Cause like, I guess her fa- her father basically tells her in the last episode, like, Hey, you can pick who you want, but then, uh, he sets up but, this stuff for her and but like, what we, you and I, as the viewer, we know pick what you want means yes, pick what you want, but I'm going to send yeah, the people to you. Gonna, you can pick out of those people. I'm going to set this up. So we yeah. have, we have her super uninterested. Like, like if you just her mannerisms of playing with her necklace, playing with her ring, she's not really paying attention. She's being typical Rhaenyra here. And we have um, this gentleman, that is um well into his senior compared to her yeah kind of just talking to her about how great his house is and how um he has a dry moat and there's a lot of stuff and things and i'm just gonna leave it at that to not go through all of it and rainier asked him an interesting question <laughs> about how did he think her what was it her grandmother was attractive i, I believe yeah. that she asked and he goes, that was nearly half a century ago. And she's like, yes, it was just to show how old this guy was compared to her. Um, and do you did you know who was the guy sitting next to her in this episode, like kind of helping her out through all this? I don't think we got his name. Um, 
I mean, isn't that one of the? He's I guess not I on the. Lost that. Yeah, he's, he's not on the council. He's not on the council, so I think he's just traveling with her to help her out here, an advisor. Um, so the first suitor is super old, and she kind of just dismisses him as being old. The second one is a child. This Which makes me laugh how appalled that she is at this young kid, because compared to what her father was just going through a couple episodes ago, exactly. when the sea snake wanted him to marry their daughter, this kid is older than that girl. Yeah. So I would argue she's being portrayed as this 17, 18 year old at this point. He he looks like he's 14 or 15. So in my opinion, I was like, it's not as absurd as she's trying to make it out to be. Yeah, and I feel bad for this kid because he's up here, obviously, like nervous as hell. Probably not doing this because he wants to. You know, he's there because someone probably told him to come, and they they want everyone wants their seat in line to the throne. So he's told to come, and he basically tells her, "You'll be protected by me." And uh, Bracken, one of the guys off to the side, basically says, "She has a dragon, you dumb cunt." Like, what does she need your protection for? And Rhaenyra thought that was kind of funny. Um, But this kid, I give him credit, man. He's got some balls. He pulls out his sword. And they're they're about to fight right in the middle of this. Rhaenyra's basically like, I'm out. This guy, like, just rips on him the whole time. Like, he's he's nobody. And, And they decide to fight. And as they're walking away, I thought to myself... Are they about to like actually fight to the death or are they just going to clank swords a little bit? And then as she's walking away with Sir Kristen Cole, you hear the the blade go into somebody. And I was like, oh, that kid just got beat down. But we, no, that's no. not what happened. No, this kid stabs this dude that was giving him some right in the right in the chest or stomach area. And yeah, he's done. Just drops him, like just kills him right in the middle. And I mean, I guess if we didn't need to set the brutality of uh, this time period, um, we got it again because here they are trying to court the princess. And uh, you know what? We're just going to pull out swords and uh, see who's is longer. Then obviously the young, young kid won this battle. And then everyone's like, well, okay. Yeah. No, like, no there's no like anything. punishment. To I him. mean, I, I did. Sir Christian Cole was, was nice about it. And he was like, you know, don't look princess. Like he kind of covered her from seeing, the the guy gets stabbed and killed but i mean again it's game of thrones so that guy obviously is not going to uh court the princess anymore <laughs> since uh he's no longer exists we move from there so now i do want to point out i do want to point out i don't know exactly where the guy falls in line but i i do believe the guy you asked sitting next to her on the throne next not Kristen cole but I do believe the guy sitting next to her is Stark. Uh, that could be because he does have the crest of the. So I believe it's the well, Stark no, it's we a, saw. It's a fledging. stag. So I think it's a Baratheon. It's, the it's a Baratheon. Oh, the stag. Stark okay, is a so wolf. It's Baratheon. That's yeah. Right, so I think right, it's one right, of the Baratheons yeah. that that's there. So it is a it is a Baratheon. Well, it yeah. must be if they're wearing that crest. So yeah, I, the, I would the, assume it's the Baratheon that that pledges you know bends the knee to her at the end of the first or second episode, whatever it was that. He Pro- probably and and that's why i'm like not 100 percent sure where she is because she may not be at dragonstone since he's there with her like they could be around his realm or something at that point but who knows uh she could still be a dragonstone he's just helping um being there anyway so we move forward and uh we have rhaenyra basically on her ship sailing back to the red keep 
Um, so King's Landing, and everyone gets really concerned. They're hearing stuff flying over. So somebody, there's some kind of dragon over top, and uh, here comes Damon swooping in over the top and basically like almost takes this ship out with how close he gets to it, throwing Rhaenyra to the side and smashing her head uh, into the side of the boat um, with how, how close Damon is flying in. Uh, so I don't really know who was in control of that, but Damon did a nice little uh, top gun flyby uh, for for this ship and and Rhaenyra seems you know happy that her her uncle is is coming back from the Stepstones, uh, where he had just you know won the Crab Feeder War, I guess you could say, um, with him and Coralus. So he's coming back. Which when I saw that happen, the first thing I thought was like, oh, I don't know if your brother's gonna be happy to see you, like. He didn't really tell you he banished you and you didn't listen to him and started a war and now you're coming back. So uh, we move from that scene and we get basically a gathering of I would say the everyone that's around the castle keep that's supposed to be here because people are very shocked that Damon is here. You're, you're getting like whispers from the crowds and they're all uh, congregating in the throne room to see what Damon has to say to the king. So they're getting the king's crown on and getting him up near. And I thought this was an interesting thing near the Iron Throne, but he wasn't sitting on it. He was kind of just standing in front of it. So there was definitely a uh, I don't think he really likes sitting on that throne because of how much it does punish him over the course of time. Um, so Damon comes in and the, the King's guard basically holds a sword to his chest. And you, you kind of texted me this last night. Damon has a v- very good line here and I'll, I'll give it to you because it seemed like you very he, much enjoyed this. He takes a sword, kind of turns it around towards the King and chucks it to the ground. And well, says, it wasn't, it. it wasn't a sword. It was the, uh, hammer that the, the hammer, crab yeah. feeder was using to nail the spikes in. So yeah, it was so the, he, uh, he turns it around and says, add it to the throne as, yeah. he, as he tosses it to the floor. So the interesting thing here, and then they have this little conversation of you, Damon walks in and, and at first I thought it was his hair that was like braided up in this. Oh, crown. really? No, I could tell. Yeah. The crab feeder crown. Yeah. Thing, but then he is wearing the crab feeder crown and he had cut his hair. So like that was that was really surprising because you know, most Targaryens have the long blonde hair. That's one of the like the signs of them. They all have it. So yeah. Damon has cut his hair and the king mentions like, hey, you you wear a crown. And I think he was expecting his brother to come back. And I, what I was expecting his brother to come back more forceful of trying to take the crown and say, hey, I run this. But he basically kneels to Viserys and says, hey, the Stepstones and all of this area, it's it's yours. Like they they yeah. they kinged me king of the narrow sea, but I'm giving it to you. Yeah, he, like, see, not he does the classic. I know there's only one true king, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Yeah. But the king does the king does immediately ask about someone. Yeah, so he asked about Coralus because Coralus did not come back, and 
Damon tells him, you know, he sailed back to his hometown and, you know, Corliss is not having it with this king. He's not coming back to do basically what Damon did and say, hey, this is yours. Um, I'm not taking it. Corliss is, is, I think, still standing strong on being pissed at the king for not, you know, and we're going back three years, four years now of not marrying Liana and, and shoring up the lines. So I think he's very upset with that. And then the king and his brother have an embrace. Um, I don't know if the king here truly believes his brother 100%, but I think he wants to. And it does go back to this point of where as much as you can F up over and over again, we are Targaryens, we are brothers, and I do love you. So he's taking his brother back. Yeah, no, I do. Go go ahead. No, go ahead. So I do want to point out that in, in all these scenes that we're talking about, um, uh, the hand of the king is is always kind of lurking off to the side, and the king is always glancing over to him as as if to get approval. And that's a little bit of foreshadowing uh, to know, come in this yeah, episode. I, I, I don't know if it's approval or if it's just, but they're always showing, you know, that the hand of the king, and and making sure. Yeah, I think it's more of him of and there. Otto's relationship in where I where we keep looking back over, and I agree that the king is looking for some kind of acknowledgement from Otto of like, and it's almost like the king looking at him like, see, my brother came back. Like you, you talk bad about him, but see what he's doing here. Yeah, and uh, and Otto's not having it. Like Otto's not stupid, and and neither is Damon. But the king is. The king can be used. Being a king is not his strong point, and we've seen that from just some of the decisions that he's been coerced into making, not necessarily made because it was his decision. Um. So the brother, the him and his brother have an embrace. They move on. Then we're out. It's like we. <laughs> And this is so, so Westeros. We have this super intense scene between him and his brother where you're kind of like, okay, are we going to have someone get killed here? Is somebody going to do this? And we move right into wine and happiness and everybody talking and and everyone loves each other again. And it's just so Westeros, you know, let's just throw it behind us. and, And again, I think that like defines this king so well of like here's my three minutes of being serious and not quite sure what to do and then let's go back to drinking wine and being happy and act like everything is perfect and not deal with the the issues that we really have of you created a mutiny you went against me and you started a war that i didn't want like we're gonna just forget about all those things um so now we're in a courtyard where Viserys and his brother are talking about their mother saying that Viserys, um, that Damon was always the favorite. Alicent is standing there. Um, and then I wanted to point this out. You kind of already pointed out, but there's just Otto again, lurking in the corner, just staring with this pouty death look stare. Like, I don't know what else to say while well, he's watching everything. This guy is a stalker at the end of the day on what this <laughs> crown is doing and how much he is looking over top of what's going on. And I think that you're, we're going to, that's going to mean something later. Uh, but so then they have this like 
weird Renera comes up and you can tell that the so one of the things that we didn't we didn't say uh on the ship was she was talking to Sir Christian Cole on the ship um in the episode where Damon flies over about how she ended this tour of suitors um abruptly by turning all of them down and she ended it two months early. Yeah. So the king's yeah. not happy that Rhaenyra is back here. So you have exactly serious yeah. tension between him and her, and obviously this is like the first time where I'm like, okay, I can see why the king is upset with her and hasn't talked to her yet because obviously her his brother just showed up and he had like better business to deal with and his brother before he talked to Rhaenyra about ending this tour early. But there's definite tension between the two. And, you know, she has like, congratulations on your victory. And her dad just kind of gives her that cold dad stare. Um, I would do want to point out too, they didn't mess this scene up. I don't know if you noticed it in the last episode. Um, Viserys is supposed to be having uh, both two of his fingers cut off. Um, from that issue and in the last episode uh there was some green screen left on Issues. his black gloves yeah. <laughs> that you saw and it looks like they cleaned that up on this one i also want to make one point out that i got wrong last week that was not damon's dragon that burned the crab feeder that was a new dragon from the uh lenore valerian who has targaryen blood called sea smoke um, I was just so happy to see a dragon. I just assumed that it was Damon's at that point, but it and wasn't. That's why I told you, I think I think there are a lot of dragons we're just not seeing. Yeah, but so we we are now found out we do definitely have another dragon involved in in this, and it's not owned by the king. Like the king does not have control of this dragon. Correct. Yeah, and they uh, they have a lot of dragons, which I think then constitutes how dangerous Coralis could be with having a dragon. Correct. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we continue with this just kind of weird embrace with the king. And then Alicent being Alicent just tries to, you know, cool the tension here and is like, wouldn't your brother like to see the new tapestries? Which in my mind, I was like, what, what is happening here? Yeah. Which is funny because they immediately go in and the king. It's almost like he has the same thought as me. No, of course, my brother doesn't want to see the tapestries. He's about sex and wine and drugs and yeah um, you don't care about looking at something so then Rhaenyra and it's all and you know being her friend and I think you're you're starting to get their friendship back was like I would like to see the tapestries but I'm gonna enjoy them alone and she kind of walks away from the group and she's sitting on a a bench and and Allison comes over to her and not getting into like the terrible details of everything that they're talking about in, in this little banter here, but um, it seems like their friendship is coming back. Well, they admit that they both have missed each other. They both have missed each other. And then. Uh, you know, well, well, I want to break it down a little bit. Can I, can I yeah, talk a little ahead, bit about ahead. what I got sure. out of this? So I think it's funny that obviously the princess is kind of pouting. Uh, she 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 wasn't excited about the tour. Allison asked her about the tour, seeing all these guys, and she's like, "Yeah, whatever. It sucked, basically." And and Allison well, she said they're not swooning over me. Yeah, they're yeah. swooning and, over and, 
Well, because Allison jokes jokes and says, oh, it must be really tough to have all these young knights and all these (laughs) fawning over you. And she's like, well, they're not fawning over me. They're fawning over my my place and their chance to be on the throne and all these different things. And she says, I'm I'm just like basically she talks about how she would be in a prison just to be giving birth. And Allison basically says, yeah, in in a roundabout way, it's kind of like she's looking at the princess now and says, yeah, I could only imagine what that must be like. And it's like all of a sudden Rainier is like, oh, shit, that's really what you're going through. Yeah. So it's like all of a sudden Rainier realizes that her being married to her father is not necessarily her ideal way of life. And she's not enjoying it. And she is just feels like no one sees her as Allison anymore. She's just the queen to produce heirs. Yeah. And that's that, you know, that's a key here. And I think it solidifies their relationship back to each other. And they both realize um, that they are in kind of the same situation. Allison's was just expedited and she had no yeah. choice. And Renera has to realize that she is, she does have a better situation right now than Allison does. And in the fact that she even gets a choice in the matter where she, you know, Allison was basically just sold off to the King through her father and, and his games that he is playing. After that, we get a cut over to Damon, who is in the Godswood. Rhaenyra comes over, and she they basically have some banter. Um, this was one where I was they kept going back between High Valyrian and speaking common tongue. So I was trying to track the whole time back and forth. But um really this in this scene it was just kind of them saying how bad they had it to each other almost where she's complaining about how she's going to get married off and that you know if she was a if she was a man she could have as many bastards and no one would care and Damon's like well I still can't get rid of my wife like it's not just the the females here that have an issue I have an issue I had to marry for the same reason and you know I can't get rid of my own wife here um, and Rhaenyra is saying that she thinks some of these adventures had changed Damon. And I think that's the key of everyone thinking Damon has changed in this episode early and he came back more mature, you know, with his new haircut, kneeling to the king and, um, basically having a very mature conversation with Rhaenyra on trying to explain to her how, this is the game, you know, marriage is yeah. a political agreement. It's not, it's not something you get to choose. Even if you're a man, you don't necessarily get to choose this when you're in royalty at this point. Did you yeah. get anything else from that? I mean, that kind of, like, no, they just, up. they just kind of go back and forth. It's almost like, uh, they're like they're trying to one up each other on who has it worse. Yeah. Then we get and Damon's back. trying to convince her, you you have all this power. You can do whatever you want, even if you do get married. And she's like, no, because I'm a woman. And he's like, yeah, I can't get rid of my own bronze, Which again, bitch. is a little like, bit of foreshadowing to the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, so we come back to the small council. Um, interesting thing here. That no was longer, no longer, no longer the cup bearer. bearer and sitting next to Otto. 
So she's no longer the cupbearer sitting next to Otto, and they're discussing Coralus uh, because Coralus didn't come back. And basically, they're talking here on how he has hurt pride. <laughs> and Otto tells the king that he gets a uh, word from Old Town, which I believe is his home um, where they come from, that Coralus is talking to the free cities in negotiations to marry Liana to the Bravos, basically, and start in an agreement with them, which is not a good thing for the realm. Not a good thing at all. This could definitely bring on a war between Westeros and the free cities. And Otto being Otto kind of just looks over and like, if they have a marriage pack, we must have our own marriage pack and turns and looks directly at Rhaenyra when he says that. So foreshadowing more and going back to the conversation that they had basically in the last episode of this being the way to sure up the kingdom again and be powerful and bring the dragons into play that they have. There needs to be some form of marriage between the sea snake and the Targaryens. They have to have this pact. And I find it funny because the king is just beside himself. That he's like, "What are you talking? This has been like three years. This this Corlys is still upset that I didn't marry his daughter. Like, good lord, get over it, man. Like, the king just does not. He just." Can't understand why this guy can't move on. And they're trying to say, you know, the sea snake Corliss is is a, a proud man and he feels, you know, betrayed like you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Yeah. So from there, we cut to kind of the scene with Allison holding her baby that's crying. Um, there's no there's nothing here, but I just I wanted to point this out because. I think it goes back to the conversation that her and Rhaenyra had earlier of her feeling trapped and is just there to air children. And then here she is in this keep and she can't go out. She can't go anywhere. She's the queen. She's here to produce heirs. And we know the last queen was basically required to produce heirs until it killed her. Yeah. Now, luckily for her, she popped out a boy pretty quick, but then she had another one right after. So, you know, when's the next one coming here? Because this just seems like that's well, I mean, there's no protection. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, but still, it's just like (laughs) you're just waiting for the next child. And that's really what she is, is there taking care of this child and just waiting to bear another. That's all she has. And I think that's what that. The reason why we had that scene was to kind of solidify that that point. Then we move to uh, Rhaenyra walking into her chambers. Uh, Sir Christian Cole's outside of her chamber. She says goodnight to him. And like, does this guy get to sleep? I don't know. Like, like he's standing watch outside of her door. He's with her 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, when does this guy take a nap? Because it just feels like he is never off duty, which he really isn't. But at some point, he's got to go to sleep, man. Poor Christian Cole here. I don't know if I would, like, want this job with how much he's got to deal with. 
Um, and then so Rhaenyra font goes into her chambers and it feels like she's unpacking her clothes that she had on this trip or some kind of or not necessarily clothes, but someone left a bag in her room sack or something there. Yeah, a bag in her room. So she empties it. It has basically commoner clothes on and a note with a map on it of how to get out of her room without yeah, going through a the hidden front door, door that she there's didn't know door. was there. Now it's interesting that she didn't know it was there because that is like key in game of Thrones that all of these royalty rooms have a hidden door in them for them to escape. If the kingdom is sacked, but I guess you don't tell your 15 year old, 17 year old daughter that there's yeah, a exactly. escape room. She probably just hasn't got to the point where she does learn that, that they're there. Yeah. So she finds out and, and the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, this isn't a good idea. Like this, this is not a good idea. I'm in my mind. I'm like, Otto is planning something. There's going to be like an assassin at the end of this tunnel. And with how like crazy it went and she won't take an air. I'm like, Otto's taking it into his own hands. Um, but come to find out she gets to the end and it basically takes them down into the dragon pit. Um, and she passes the altar of the, the one dragon and it's Damon that has shown her this and he is taking her out of the keep and into or outside the walls and into the common world with all the commoners to show her and let her have some fun um, in the world. So, and I said this last night to you and I text you, it's very Princess Dra- Jasmine escapes the yeah, Jasmine. Jasmine's going Jasmine there. Leaves the castle, and she wants to see what the real and and what I thought. And the reason that came to my mind is because just as as Jasmine goes out into the world of Aladdin, obviously a lot more. Well, we're kids, so it seems like it's safer. But just the bewilderment of like, oh wow, this is like really what it's like outside of the kingdom. I had no idea. Rhaenyra has the same reactions of like, what? Oh, yeah are these people doing yeah she like, hasn't been outside has the walls no clue that this is how life is for people no and, and she's fascinated scared and excited all at the same time and you know we see you know people having sex in the middle of the street one guy's getting robbed um you've got like magicians that are out there you've got the lady with no eyes telling everybody their futures and how they're gonna die and all this stuff and she is just just bewildered by it all and and so fascinated yeah, because she just never had it. Then he takes her to a play, but there's a scene in between um, before he takes her to the play of the king is not doing too well where he's got his uh, maids really like scrubbing what I'm guessing is like dead skin off of the king's arms from his just now his whole arm seems to be going necrotic from where it was just his fingers and it, it's obviously hurting him and as much as Alicent is you know talking about how trapped she is she, I, I think she does feel for the king and has some feelings towards him because she takes the um, 
like scrub brush that they're using from them tells them all to leave and she continues to basically bathe the king and remove all of this necrotic flesh um you can't really see it in the episode but i'm assuming like cleaning his wounds yeah um and he says you know you have a much gentler touch than the other ones and a much kinder touch and she continues to do that and you know Allison playing her part like you continue she continues to play her part uh through this whole thing then we get to the play um so what are they doing in the play like what's the play all about why is this significant uh they're making fun i mean it, it's just like you see in, in typical fashion they're making fun of the the kingdom and the crown and and you know they've got they they open it up and it's like the king names his daughter to be the heir but then all of a sudden uh a son is born and it's kind of like they're going back and forth on which one should be the rightful heir and they make fun of you know if if Rhaenyra were the heir the kingdom would fall and no one would you know and they ask the crowd would you want her to be heir and they're all like boo no no which kind of pisses Rhaenyra off and Damon's like listen this is you know everyone has the same mentality the thought of a woman being on the iron throne just does does not comprehend to them because you even see women booing the idea and uh, and Rainier basically says they they won't have a choice and Damon's like no they I mean you you keep saying they're not gonna have a choice but they're gonna have a choice because you can't rule over people that don't want to be ruled yeah and this is almost like it was kind of interesting here because I don't I didn't at this point, you don't really understand Damon's motives for taking Rhaenyra out. And when we got here, I kind of started to feel like his motives were pure. And he wanted her to understand what this world is really like and how the people really feel. And give her an idea of... If you decide to continue to move this way and you want to stay heir and you have this anger inside of you about it all, you're going to need to understand you're going to have to win the people. They're, they're not going to just accept you. I think he really wanted her to understand yeah. that they, they were not going to accept her as she was. And... Then they have this, you know, she walks away because she, you know, she's getting kind of upset of watching it. Then they have kind of fun with her, like taking something from a street vendor, but not knowing she needs to pay for it. But I think she kind of did know. And they, they play this game of like, oh, I'll get her. Don't worry about it to kind of save her from this guy being real pissed that she's stealing his food um, at that point. So interesting way to end it there. Then we kind of move back to Allison well, again. She, I, I do want to throw in the fact that as, as she's as she's running away, she runs into that night. Are you getting? The we haven't gotten later? there yet. Okay, that gotcha, didn't happen. Ahead. Yeah, that didn't happen okay. yet. So when she runs off, Damon runs after her. We cut back to Allison in her chambers at night, and she is um, what seems to be just all by herself in her room, drinking her sorrows away. Um, you know, she's having wine very late and she just kind of blows the candle out again, really shadowing that 
she's trapped here. She has nowhere to go. We, we really keep hitting on that. We go back to Renera running through, and she runs into one of the uh, Sir Harwin, one of the guards, that stops her like she's, you know, what are you running from? Because obviously if you're running like this, you've stolen something, you common rat. Like, am I going to need to arrest you? And she's like, Sir Harwin. And he's like, the princess. Uh, so he recognizes her real quick and then sees Damon come around the corner. And Rhaenyra's like, don't. Like, like, don't do anything about this. Act like you don't know me. Act like you don't know us. And uh, he listens to her and, and lets them go by. And Damon kind of, you know, walks up beside her and um, you liked that, didn't you? So, like, they're playing this game of her stealing and she's like, who knows when I'm going to have a taste of freedom again? So she's out there just just running wild, really, from after being yeah. stuck in this. Which, again, that, that's what solidified the whole Princess Jasmine comparison to me, yeah. because it was very reminiscent of the whole Aladdin scene. Yep. And then we go back to Alicent. And one of her um, maids comes in and says, you know, the king, the king requests your presence. And like, you can only imagine what the hell the king wants in the middle of the night, like that late. And even yeah, Alice wants to have a chat. Yeah. All right. And Alice, <laughs> even Alice, it's just kind of like, it's very late. Um, but then, then this is where this episode gets weird. Like really just, and and if you go back to the last episode and it just feels like HBO does a time clock on how much nudity they have in every episode. And in the last episode, there wasn't much. So they had to get it all in, in this episode. Like they, they had to hit this quota. So Damon takes basically takes Rhaenyra to a strip club, a brothel. And you have, you know, all these girls and even guys dancing and they just keep going through this. You cut back the king. Yeah, but what I thought, what I thought was interesting is as they walk in, he removes his cloak and he pulls off her hat. And if anyone in there, no, he hasn't done that are. yet. He hasn't done okay. that yet. So they're, they're, they're watching a show first. So this is definitely like they're watching, like they're in a strip club and they still have all of her hat on. They don't recognize and she's drinking and he still has his cloak up at this point. Well, Damon doesn't, but she does. She yeah. still has her hat on. Um, you cut back to the king and we find out the king just wanted sex. Surprise, surprise. And Allison's just laying there like, okay, I, I'm dead fish. This is, dead fish i'm not interested and the king has lesions on his back and it's just like this old man taking advantage of this girl and there's no reason for him to need another heir at all and he could go hire whoever the hell he wants to come in to to pleasure him but he's doing this to alicent over and over again and she's just i'm just here i'm trapped there's nothing i can do where you cut back to Rhaenyra, who is free with her brother. You know, you're getting these, her, this juxt uncle. her uncle. You're getting yeah. these juxtapositions between the two of Allison being completely trapped, you know, with the king, sexually, everything that you have there. And now you have Rhaenyra, who is free with her uncle 
experiencing this in a completely different way. So then they kind of leave this show and they go down into, you know, like the bowels of the pleasure house. And that's when he removes her hat. And everyone starts to recognize that it's the queen down here. And well, the, the princess, the princess. So. And Rhaenyra is. Getting excited about this because you see her smiling She's interested as she's walking through. She hasn't seen this before. And like everybody's naked. They're all having sex. And just even more weirdness starts to take place as, of course, you had your gay guy scene that was in there. You had to have that. Um, Damon starts to explain to her, like, this is where people come and take what they want. And it's pleasurable for both the females and the males different to what Rhaenyra sees it as, as like sex is just something someone does for an heir. Yeah. And the interesting part about this episode, it was actually directed by a female. Um, I can't think of her name right off, right off the top, but the juxtaposition between the King and Alicent where Alicent is just there and this weird thing that we're going to get into of basically her uncle and Rhaenyra having this kissing each other, having this weird moment uh, in this brothel where they're about to get it on pretty much. We're about to have our first incest in Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon. Now, I want to do go back. I kind of called this in their first meeting. You did, yeah. Where I was like, there's something weird between these two. But at the end of the day, Rhaenyra, I don't don't think Damon was expecting Rhaenyra's reaction to it, where she got into it. And right at the end, Damon cannot have sex with her. He pulls away. And he basically it's like he can't. It's like he he can't do it. He can't do it. it. He can't do it. And I I think at the end of the day, he just has that like <laughs> Damon has some form of morals here, and doesn't have sex with her in this brothel. And he basically just leaves her. It's it, it was it was one of those things where he and you can see him struggling with it. He bangs it like bangs next to the wall next to her head and just walks away from her. And she's left basically shirt open, pants down in the middle of this place. And Damon's gone. Completely gone. And everyone recognizes her. And as she leaves, uh, this little kid notices who it is and starts following her. Yeah. Um, we got, we then cut back to Allison who obviously was not happy with, uh, just, being there with the king and having sex with the king who's now asleep. And I'm like, can someone take care of the rat infestation that's in their room? Like there's this rat that's just like right above her bed that she's staring at. I'm like, someone needs to take care of that. It's the king for goodness sake. Like, why is there a rat in his room? So then 
Sir Christian Cole has like the most confused, bewildered look on his face as yeah, Rhaenyra walks, walks past right him again <laughs> to her room. And he's like, hold on. Wait a minute. You were just in here. And he's she like, she doesn't have any pants on. She has no pants on. <laughs> so then he's like, did somebody hurt you? Do I need to alert the king's guard? And Rhaenyra's like, no. No, you don't need to do that. And she is, um, how do you she say She opens it? the door and lets him in. She opens the door and lets him in and steals his helmet. And Rhaenyra's in a very girlish, playful mood. Because Damon just got her basically riled up. Riled up and walked away. And Sir Christian Cole seems to be the next closest thing that Rhaenyra can get her hands on. Yeah. And she's not speaking. And she's not speaking at all. But she's smiling. The she's whole time. smiling at him and obviously wants him. And you see the turmoil in Christian Cole's face because as a white cloak, he has sworn to never take a woman, never to do any of like have sex again. It's kind of like going to the wall. You know, he, he takes that oath and banging the princess is one of the things you probably don't want to do if you're <laughs> her guard. Um, but it seems like they have this relationship and Kristen Cole can't help himself. So um, this very long drawn out scene that I did not think needed to be the they solid two and a half minutes out. it was. Her, um, her piece by piece flirting and undressing him. All and then, the yeah, the, the whole the whole scene was was way too drawn out. Um. So her and, and Christian Cole start to get it on. And here I'm wondering, like, was this Damon's plan all along? Like, did he have an agenda or did he really at the end just be like, you know, my agenda was to have sex with her at the end of the day because I'm in love with her or whatever it may be. Or, or I'm trying to shear up my line to the crown through her. Um, or did he just really grow a conscience at the end? And couldn't do it. Like, uh, who knows? Um, we'll get more details as we move on. So from the Christian Cole scene, we cut to our, our good boy, uh, Otto, that um, seems to get his information from all over the place and have uh, what we know as White Worm. So this little kid that we see that's following Rhaenyra and that was watching them go into the Pleasure House is basically a spy for Otto. Like at the end of the day. And we can only assume at this point he is telling Otto what happened. Like, hey, I saw the queen, or like I keep saying the queen, not the queen, the princess in a pleasure house with her uncle making out. And she ran out with no pants on. Like, you can kind of make an assumption there. So from that, we, from that we cut to... Uh, Damon, who is uh, where is Damon at this point? Uh, I don't really know where it is, but he's in one of the rooms. It almost looks like a dungeon that he's yeah, in. Yeah, but it looks like this place is being run by his former whore. Yeah, so she left him after uh, it seems like after being very upset with him saying she was pregnant and using her as uh, as bait. And again, I am really glad I had subtitles on because her accent, I do not understand whatsoever. 
Um, they really need to kill the accent on this character because it does not make any sense. Um, so she tells Damon like he she's her his protector. So I think he was getting into something rough and she pulled him out of whatever he was trying to start that night. Got him here to sleep. Brought him. Um, I guess like this hangover cure that he ends up dumping on the floor. Like, I don't need your protection. I don't need anything from a common whore. And she's like, I'm not that anymore. I run this establishment. This is mine. Um, but you can tell that like, and it almost like she runs the street rats because yeah. this little kid comes in and gives her, um, you know, money that he, he found. Uh, and then she's like, basically at the end leaving here. And she's like, you can pay for the room on your way out. Like, we are no longer together and you're going to pay your way. I know you have money. Um, so from there really wasn't much there. We go back to auto who, I mean, they, for the try- first time I actually felt kind of sorry for him. I, you he's know, gotta be this, he, he is about to be this messenger with horrible news. And he's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like I, like, I have to give this, I do. I mean, what's he supposed to do? He is supposed to give the news. I do. I do one hundred percent believe that Otto did not want to give this. No, let me rephrase that. Otto wants to give this news, but Otto doesn't want to be the one to give the news. So, like, I definitely feel like there's a conundrum here, and he's. I think in this scene, he's weighing whether or not he should tell somebody else to tell the king, or he should do it himself. See, I think that. I think you're conflicted with the fact that this news is good if you're if you're auto trying to play his game. But remember, everything he's done is calculated with the exact timing and the way to do it. This throws this this might be something in the works way down the line, but this is not the ideal time. Well, no, but that's that's why I think that's why I think he's he's debating on whether or not he should say something. Or he should let this come organically through rumor mill and things like that. Yeah. So I give auto credit for actually manning up here and kind of being the one that's going to bring um, what we can only think is the news that he gets from the street rat of where Renera was last night. So he goes to the King quarters super early. Um, and he starts to tell the king about the exploits of his daughter and how he doesn't want to be the one that has to tell him this. He and he even says, I, I didn't, you know, I struggled with whether or not I was going to tell you this or not, but I'm going to. Um, and I like how he says it. Uh, she engaged in behaviors unbecoming, unbecoming. of a maiden. <laughs> and, and he's trying to be as gentle as he can with this. Um, and not piss the king off. But if you're a father, you're not going to be happy to hear this news, regardless of who it's coming through about your daughter. No. And you can see Allison lurking in the back, too. So one of the things that here is Otto doesn't know Allison's in his chambers because they have separate chambers. But he had called her there that night. Um. And then he's like trying to beat around the bush. She was seen with his brother. They were coupling as he calls it. Um, 
The king doesn't take this well, James. Well, how does no, the like king how, take I, it? I like how the king's like, stop, stop beating around the bush. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna accuse my daughter of something, just accuse her. Do it. Then, then tell me exactly what you're saying. Stop saying, you know, because he's already mentioned that that she was there. She was doing something with Damon. And he's like, just say what you're trying to like. Be plainly, speak the blunt truth, or get out of my fucking face. Yeah, <laughs> and then he doesn't believe it. He says it's a lie. And then he asks for whoever it was that told him this information. And, you know, Otto being Otto is like, you know, I'm not giving away my sources. Like, I, I have to keep these sources if I and he's not wrong. If he puts one of them in front of the king and something happens to him, none of them are going to tell him any information anymore. Yeah, it but is I was imagining I was imagining this king who I don't find to be very ruthless. So I was like, if he did bring this white worm up there, this kid, what's the king gonna say? Like I don't know. I think the king would have had him killed just because he's saying something about his daughter. Like it's it's a father and a daughter. It's a different story here. Yeah, but he does transition thing. really quickly to he's now he's just pissed off that you even that you're spying on my family and my daughter. Yeah. Um so from there, that's when we see that Alicent is there. We see her kind of spying through there, and then the king turns to her, and Alicent just has this terrified look on her face. Like, she she is concerned, in my mind, for her friend. Yeah. Um, but I do, but I, I do, I don't want to miss this, because right at the end, right at the end, the king gets super mad, and he says, he says to Otto... You know, are are you waiting your best chance to destroy my daughter's reputation? Are you so yeah. intent on getting your grandson on the throne that that you would destroy my own reputation and my own family? And yeah. Otto just kind of looks. He like, looks down. I, he can't look I, the king in the eye. He looks he can't straight look down. The king in the eye, and, and that's what I'm saying. I do believe that Otto wants that in the long run, and this is where I was kind of like. In this particular situation, I don't think that's what Otto's necessarily trying to do. But I do think in the long, and that's why I think this like this doesn't play into this doesn't work into Otto's very slow game, meticulous on how to do this. Yeah, but I, I this think this doesn't work. It doesn't. It's not. It's not playing to his normal cadence of manipulation. Correct. So but he has no is, control over it. Well, he has. He has very little control over how the king is going to react. And Otto has been very controlled on how he thinks the king is going to react to whatever situation it is. But I think he knows the longer he waits to tell the king this information, the less believable it's going to be. Correct. Yeah. So it becomes a rumor. It becomes all of this and it becomes very easy for the king to dismiss it. And for Rhaenyra, because basically he sees a way of taking out two birds with one stone. He can take out the princess and Damon at the same time with this information. Yeah. So, so he, he knows he has to use it, but he also knows he's a father. And if he was going to get this information, how he would probably react. And he knows how bad the King reacts to things. So yeah. we're kind of getting all of that together as one. And we we move on to uh, Rhaenyra in her chambers, uh, brushing her hair. Sir Christian Cole comes in, and you know he has his head down, like you know he's disgraced himself. And Rhaenyra is still very happy, and she's like, "Come, 
come to me, you know, like, hey, I know what we did last night. Let me have this little smirky smile on it and not realize that I just yeah. made you give up your oath in the middle of the night because I got horny because of my brother. Uh, my brother, uncle. Um, But Sir Christian Cole basically tells her that the queen wants to speak to her. And Rhaenyra's kind of like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm not sure what this is all about, but it can't be good. Exactly. Cut to, um, it seems like, is this like where you have difficult discussion or discussions now is like the gods would? Uh, maybe, but this is also kind of always their place. That's true. But it's like her and Damon were here. Like, this seems to be like to go where you want to be, have a conversation where maybe there aren't any listening ears because it's so supposedly a holy place. Yeah. You don't have all your servants around it or anything to listen. Um, and the queen doesn't beat around the bush. She is like, what happened last night? Rhaenyra is like, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, what happened with your uncle? Explain to me. My father has some serious allegations on what's going on with you. And I need to know if this is true or not. Yeah, and I like and I like how Rainier is like, "What are you talking about?" That I went out after dark, that I drank wine, and Allison's like, "No, that you fucked your uncle, yeah. uncle at a pleasure house." No, she doesn't beat around the bush. She's right into it. This like, girl is like, "You are putting me in a terrible situation. You're putting yourself in a terrible situation," and and it's the whole thing as Rhaenyra doesn't lie to her here. She doesn't tell her the whole truth, but she does answer the question the right way as she did not fuck her uncle. That I mean, didn't happen. Listen, I, I'm a little, I'm a little not a hundred percent sure that they didn't play a little game called just the tip. No, the, I, Hey, she didn't fuck her. So, uncle. He so left. I, Sir Christian Cole, on the other hand, she's not bringing that up at all. <laughs> But she's not. That's all I all I could think about was Robin Hood mid in tights, yeah. or not Rob, or um, uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls, where they could like check that the Einhorn woman has Winkle. been defiled. So I was like, I was like, what if they check? Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Disgusting. So I was like, oh, Kristen Cole's about to die. Yeah, a Chris, uh, I, you know, I'm and I'm feeling for this guy, and I'm like, man, he is just you know. Uh, just bad mistake gets you killed around here. You know, one mistake, you're dead. This is the Game of Thrones that we're playing, and this is the House of the Dragon. So you're probably going to be eaten dry a dragon or something like that, burned. Heads cut off Joffrey style and put on a stake. Um, but the biggest concern that they have here, which is, which again, Game of Thrones, we got to kind of throw away our our thought on like, no one's upset that there was incest or like that well, this could have happened. Allison does kind of say like, well, I mean, we all know the Targaryens are in. Exactly. Like, so like they kind of put that in there, but it, they're more upset with the fact that she's not pure anymore to be married off. So she's correct. no longer a virgin and she can't be married off to anyone because no one's got no one's going to take her because she's been used. Like, really? Like, but again, it's that time period, and that's what they're no concerned. One, no with. one wants to play somebody else's saved game. No, either, back no. in those days. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> <it's a saved laughs> game. 
I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm going to have to use that from now on. That's a good one. Um, but Allison's super concerned with her. Like, what are we going to do? Like, you can't get married. You can't move forward. And you're, you know, Rhaenyra swears on her mother that nothing happened, air quote this, with Damon. So I don't think they played just the tip. I believe her. But no one asked about Sir Christian Cole. Yeah. And she's not telling anybody about that because now all of a sudden she's like, I think Rhaenyra realizes the mistake that she made and how big this is. Um, so yeah, that's not a good situation for them right now. And Allison believes her. Allison takes her for her word. So then the king calls Damon, and I love this. <laughs> Damon is just, so drunk off his he ass is walking so into the so drunk. <laughs> so drunk. And they, I love how they throw him in the throne room. And Damon just like lays there and takes a nap. He's just he's not getting up. This guy is so hammered. He should have drinking that drink that the uh the Malicent, I think her name was. Yeah. Or something like that. So the king is here. And he is not happy. Um, and he's just like, my daughter. And, you know, Damon doesn't say anything. And, and the king's like, you won't even deny it. Um, and I love Damon's response where he's like, you won't even deny it. He's like, he basically tells him, I want to get the exact line because I remember just like laughing at it when he said it. Um, he's laying on the floor still, too. Like, he hasn't even gotten up. Um, and he's like, I need to understand the charge before I can attempt to discredit it. He's like, I have done so much bad stuff. Like, what the hell are you talking about right now? Because I'm so hungover. I don't remember. So can you tell me what it was so I can just discredit it afterwards? Because I don't remember. And they kind of go on with more banter of how, um, he defiled the queen but damon knows he didn't but he doesn't deny any of it what does damon do james what does damon do i mean he basically throws it he basically says to the king it, it doesn't matter if he were to deny it or not you believe what you want to believe but he's also like remember when we were young men we went through all the brothels and the whores and all that like it's not a big deal and he's basically saying like like to damon's credit he is kind of the guy that's like well, if guys can do it, women should be able to do it too. That's just what he really believes. But yeah, the king Damon, still does not have that mentality. He's like, no, women cannot do that. But I, I do think it was interesting. His experience, better her first experience be with me than with a whore. With some whore. With some and whore. the king about chokes him out. Yeah. The king and puts he, a and, knife and it to his throat. That, it gets into that what you were saying. Um, you've ruined her. And it's all about being that virgin because it's, yeah, it's not, it's off. not the fact that it's like uncle, you know, uncle and, and, and niece here. It's about that. I can't marry her off. And Damon says, marry her to me. I'll and take I'll her. <laughs> and then we will unite this again. And it's like, shit, maybe Otto wasn't as crazy as he was when he said, marry the two together. Because here's Damon bringing up the exact same thing. 
Yeah. And, and the, the king the king says you're already married, and he says, Well, Aegon the Conqueror took a second took wife. A second and the wife. king loses it, basically says, You are no conqueror, you are a plague sent to destroy me. Yeah. And like <laughs> the, the, laughing. He does not he does not feel like Damon is is here to help him with pretty much anything. He is now one hundred percent Damon is is just here to destroy me. Like I, I, Damon is not on my side. He did not change from the beginning of this episode where the King was like, Damon's here. He's bending the knee. He's my brother again. He's, he's good back. to go. And Damon turns into just Damon. And, um, he basically tells him how he's going to bring the house back to glory. And he basically tells him like, it's, you want my throne. Like, Damon, you're yeah, still just trying to come daughter. after my it's throne. It's not my daughter you lust after. It's my throne, isn't yeah. it? Now, which made me think, are you telling me if he, if Damon convinced you he really loved your daughter, you were cool? That would have been cool? I don't know, if, but... If the, king, if the king thinks he wants to be with Rhaenyra because he actually wants to be with Rhaenyra and not because he's trying to get to the throne, the king would have been, like, cool? this just kind of known for the Targaryens to have like the whole reason why Aegon whatever it was fifth or sixth I don't remember um and Game of Thrones went crazy everyone was talking about the amount of incest that they had you know and you go back to Joffrey being as crazy as he was that was an incest baby so like it's not uncommon now granted Game of Thrones incest was no one knew but it seems like the Targaryens are very for it um, and, and we'll get to this point like next. And I kind of want to like show why they still don't care about it. At the end of the day, King tells him, go home back to your throat, like back to your wife. He's not back to he, the veil, back to the veil, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. The second time he's told him to go back to the veil. Um, and his brother's basically like, as you wish my King. And he turns over and just lays down and takes a little nap in the throne room because he's still hung over. We move from that into a scene with uh, Alicent and the king back in what I what it looks like, uh, which is the king's chambers in the model room. I'm always going to call it in the model room. We know which room is Alicent's and which one is his based off of where the giant model is. Um, so they're talking about it. And basically, we it proves that Allison believes Rhaenyra and what happened, but she but he had just talked to his brother and his brother didn't deny it. So Allison is bringing up the fact of like, why would Rhaenyra lie to me? What does she have to gain? And then the king's like, why would my brother lie to me? Like, what does he have to gain from it? And her response is. Basically to destroy you, to bring you down would be why Damon would do something like that. And I 100% believe Allison is just as smart as her dad when it comes to playing this game because she's spot on. Damon's whole process here was not because he loved Rhaenyra and wanted to take her out. It was to discredit her. And try to do this marriage thing, which I think he thought on his fleet on his feet here or discredit her so much to the point to where he's going to name somebody else and not Renera 
And I think Damon really does believe he could probably win in a fight. Which means I don't believe Damon and Coralis aren't still together. And aren't still part in a pact there. I think Damon knows what's going on and he's trying to drive a wedge in here. Knowing that his brother is not going to do anything to him. But Allison picks up on it real quick. And uh, she basically says, I believe her. She's defending her friend here. And unfortunately, her friend did not tell her the whole truth. Just the truth she asked for. Which is smart. In, in, in this time period, you, you answer the questions you're asked. You don't give more information about it. And I believe she was protecting Christian Cole by not saying anything else either. Because she that would have been bad. Yeah. So then she gets kind of brought to her father's chambers. And we're about to have a... Um, I would feel like a conversation that no father and daughter wants to have. But it goes a little differently than I was expecting. Um, when you walk in, basically he has that dagger that he has all the time with him uh, sitting in the fire heating up. And when you heat it up, it looks like words are put on it. And it's the song of ice and fire. It's like the will of Aegon that, that he's reading from that. And again, a reminder, this is the dagger. Yeah. This is the dagger that Arya Stark uses, um, to kill the King night King night King. Yeah. Um, with this conversation, he, he still doesn't ask, Rhaenyra her point of like what happened because in his mind it doesn't matter what happened only perception and I I agree with him here I do agree with him here in their position and and he basically is trying to explain to her it doesn't matter what the actual truth is it matters what everyone in the realm is going to believe perception is more powerful than the truth in their line yep and and this is where he lays down the law on her and he's like, you know what? Because of this, you're going to marry the sea snake. Like you're, you're marrying him. Well, the son, the, the son, son of the sea snake. Yeah. You're going to marry which him. I, I will be honest to which I thought at least that guy seems nice and honorable. And, and he's a dragon rider. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and of all things that we've seen being courted to her, I was like, but here's he's still probably at the top should but, probably be at the top of the list. But here's the thing that, is is so funny about game of thrones is like you just said that of like yeah it, it makes sense like for him to marry it's her cousin no oh, one's yeah, like I it's still yeah, incest no, I understand that. yes it's no, still the same kind of incest in game of thrones it's like period that we're, we're accepting the period so but it's so easy to accept like those two because it feels like they're separated but it's not it's 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 the same family line it's the same bloodline yeah, that they're 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 but, intertwining over you know, and over the again. The king says it'll it'll unite the two most powerful houses in the realm, and I love and I and I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, but I love her immediate response to you know he talks about the combined strength of the shared dragons and the naval. No one would dare stand against us. 
And he said, the house of dragon will stand as one for a further generation. And her immediate response is, and what will you do about the vulture who perches upon your throne? Yeah. So, so she, and I thought Ender's probably so excited. Oh, about I was, this right I now. was. And, that, and I think she sees it and she knows what's there. The King cannot, but they make he's even ag- like what vulture what are you talking about yeah auto she's talking about auto like auto and she basically said like for for anyone to know i did this he had to have someone following me like regardless of what you believe and what you don't believe he's been having someone follow me to bring me down and ruin me this whole time and he's like you speak of the conqueror's vision you need strength and unity across the realm but how can that be accomplished when your most trusted advisor is so self-interested? And then the now, king here, tries I, to defend yeah, him. I, I like his defense because it is true. And I was like, oh, maybe the king's not as stupid as you think he is. Yeah, because what he, does he say? Under? He basically says all councils in the past are of self-interested men. My, my, everyone on my council is self-interested. Like th- that, that's just how this game is played. It's unavoidable. And she basically says, I disagree that it's unavoidable. And she says to him, I will do my duty as heir and wed Sir Lanor. But father, you must do your duty as king. And then I'm like, boom, she nailed it. She's like, I'll do this as long as you get rid of your hand. Yep. Well, she doesn't say get rid of him, but she implies that's yeah. his duty as the king. So then Otto is in the small council room and the king is there and the king is just like five days. And I'm like, I thought it was, I totally thought he was going to be like, you have five days to get out of the kingdom. Like that's where I thought this was going. I was like, well, I was like, well, they had a two weeks notice thing back yeah. then too. I was like, oh, you have five <laughs> days to get out. Um, you're fired. Let me have this. Like, that's totally what I thought it was. Here's your severance package moving right along. You need to go home. Um, but he tells this story about, I I didn't really catch who exactly it was, but it was it his father. I think his older, maybe he had an older brother. He said, my father, like he was like my father, um, Jaharis named a great Royal hunt. And he goes in this story about Balon the brave. So like Balon, the brave was the hand of the King at the time. Or named Hand of the King for five days. Yeah, his father, because it was the king's. It was the king's brother. Yeah, and yeah. then he died in five days of a burst belly that they would say. So I'm assuming someone poisoned him to like burst your stomach. And he's like, the gods have a dark wit, and Otto. I think feeling like he's doesn't really know why he's here i don't think Otto has caught on 100 percent. but then when they start talking about the original hand of the king balon i think Otto catches on because he was like you only became hand of the king because, because my he, father died because he's, he died and you went from a common nobody to the second most powerful person in the realm Basically, in five days. And I'm not sure. But then he compliments him. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
He says, you taught me how to be king. I think he truly believes in him, but we before and now he, and he also realizes and he brings into light of how perfectly timed his relationship with Allison started. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden he can see it's like the King actually woke up and knows that, that he did all this. Yeah. That he has been playing this game, this calculated game and basically tells Otto, I, I believe in you. I, I, I trusted you. You are a great hand, but your judgment is flawed now. And you have failed as my servant. And he said, you're faithful servant, but you're, you're failed now. You do not have the judgment that I need in order to move forward. King walks up to him and removes the hand of the king's symbol and basically tells him the realm has no place has cannot repay the debt to you that you were, but I cannot trust your judgment anymore. And he fires the hand of the king. Um, and that was where I was like, yeah, all right. Now, now we're getting somewhere, but Otto's not stupid. And Otto has relationships and knows things that, you know, the king doesn't know. Yeah. So it's not the last we see of him. He's not just going to walk away and he still has his daughter there. And I immediately, right after I was so happy with this, I immediately thought of Alicent and like, Oh shit, we're kind of going to have this Sansa situation again, where you have the hand of the King that gets, you know, basically killed. And this girl is stuck with, a father that is no longer trusted in like the realm starts to hate and they're going to hate her for no reason. You know, like she's going to be in a bad situation moving forward. We get to the last scene. Um, I expected it to end there, but we get one more scene, which um, it's really confused. I, I can't decide so, what I think here. Yeah, neither can I, but the scene basically is the maester coming into uh, Rhaenyra's room and basically bringing her the medieval version of the day after pill. You know, like we could go ahead and get rid of anything that's not supposed to be in there. And this is kind of one of those things where it's like, if she drinks this potion, who brought her this potion? Like my mind, like Otto's trying to kill her. Yeah, like, I was like, I, I ain't drinking that. Yeah. What's wrong? But if she does drink it, she's admitting to basically the sex that she said she didn't happen with Damon because she hasn't told anybody about Christian Cole. But if she does get pregnant before this marriage goes through, they're going to think that it's Damon. They're going to think that it's Damon's. So she's in a really weird situation right now of not being able to not, not having a clear and easy decision on what, on what to do right now. And it, it fades to black and that's the end of the episode. Like I, again, I don't know how to take the end. I kind of wish they ended with auto. I'm not sure how to take this scene with her and what the real purpose was behind that other than saying 
is someone trying to kill me? Like, what? what is this whole thing around here? Is she going to take it? Is she not? Is she pregnant? Is she not? And maybe that was the whole thing of, like, reminding you that she did have sex with somebody and she could be pregnant. And that was the reminder here. But I don't know. We'll see. Overall, interesting episode. Like... Not the I one I was expecting. Like I, said, I think it sets the stage for what's to really explode in this. You got to remember, there's only six episodes left. What's yeah. ten episode seasons? And 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 supposedly we we they they we're gonna get a bigger time jump soon because we got to get the new actress in here for Millie Alcott's character. So we're gonna see a time jump. So maybe something's going to happen in the next episode. I don't know if it, was, it wasn't the episode I was expecting, but I do think it was the episode we needed. Um, I think HBO could have backtracked a little bit on their sex scenes. We didn't need as much um, or as long as they had here, but they were making up for the episode last of not having any, I guess. <laughs> um, so in this next episode, I bet we're going to get a lot of killing and death because we didn't get a lot of that in this episode. So that's kind of how they balance balance it out with house of the dragon so thank you everybody i know these podcasts go uh long they're longer than the episode but we would like we like to get in depth with our breakdowns and our thoughts behind it because we do love the show again thank you everybody that is watching and listening um you can watch us at um i am losing the channel lost uh last choice tv reviews on youtube uh, you can watch the podcast, the video, and if you want anywhere that there are podcasts out there, Spotify, um, iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher, all of those places. All of them, you can it's, get, it's out there. Anywhere, out anywhere there. you get your podcast. Anywhere you get those podcasts you can listen to. Please keep downloading. We have ranked for the first time. I think this is only our, what, second podcast that's ever been ranked. Yeah. Um. So thank you all for listening. This has been episode four of House of the Dragons. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day, night, evening, whatever time it is. We're out.